are at the Axelar Interoperability Summit, where now I'm going to talk to Stephen Goldfeder of Arbitrum, specifically about Stylus, this new thing that is creating what they are calling EVM Plus. So if you want to code on Solidity on Arbitrum, you still can. But if you also want to code on Arbitrum, you can code with any other language that exists, which I didn't know was possible, but apparently it is now with Arbitrum Stylus. But I also talked to him about the Layer 2 wars, which are getting spicier and spicier these days, especially as Optimism's got their super chain, ZK Sync has their hyper chain. What does Arbitrum have uh, in their back pocket? Do they got something? And Steven is going to come right back with his answer about that question right after we talk to some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Kraken is our strategic sponsor for 2023. Why? Because Kraken has been around for over 12 years and has proven itself to be deeply aligned with the crypto industry. Trusted centralized crypto platforms are hard to come by these days, which makes the few remaining ones even more valuable. With over 9 million users and not a cent lost, choosing Kraken as our strategic sponsor for 2023 was a no-brainer. We need exchanges like Kraken to provide the on-ramps to get people to go bankless. And Kraken's emphasis on security and transparency makes us feel good about having them as a sponsor. If you're unsure about your centralized exchange or on-ramp, perhaps open an account with Kraken today. And if you're unsure about the rest of Web3, well then maybe you should get your learn on with MetaMask Learn. Learning about crypto is hard. There's no one out there to hold your hand to get into this industry until now. MetaMask Learn is the best place I've ever seen to send someone to learn everything there is to know about Web3. If you're a company trying to onboard employees or you're a son or daughter trying to onboard your boomer parents, MetaMask Learn is the place to send them. Interactive and engaging lessons, making learning about Web3 fun and easy. Now, once you're through Kraken's gates and you've taken the MetaMask course on what's a DEX, you're safe to make your first stop into the world of DeFi. Where better to start other than Uniswap? Uniswap is, of course, a decentralized exchange for crypto asset trades and swaps, but it's now also an NFT aggregator as well, making Uniswap some of the best decentralizing trading tech that's out there. Uniswap's big announcement at ETH Denver is their Uniswap wallet, which is waiting to get released to the public as soon as Apple stops being a big old bully about crypto apps in the App Store. Uniswap is basically on every chain that's relevant in the crypto ecosystem, so if you want to use Uniswap, but with the cheapest possible fees, then use Uniswap on Arbitrum. The Arbitrum Layer 2 is the host of Ethereum's most vibrant DeFi and NFT communities. Arbitrum is already surpassing the ETH Layer 1 in transaction volume, and it's not even close to full capacity. With so many vibrant communities on Arbitrum, Arbitrum is a good place to call home for the era of Layer 2s. Speaking of settling into new homes, the Phantom Wallet is now available on both Ethereum and Polygon. That's right, the number one wallet on Solana is expanding into the Ethereum ecosystem. Phantom is the one wallet for everything. Displaying NFTs, making NFT trades, swapping tokens, staking tokens. So if you're a multi-chain surfer or an NFT power user, then the Phantom wallet is for you. It also comes in mobile. Check it out at phantom.app. Now, let's get into the interview. Bagels Nation, we are at the Axelar Interop Summit and I'm talking with Steven Goldfeder of Arbitrum. Steven, how's it going, my man? Great, great to be here. Uh, you just came off of a panel. What was that about? Uh, the panel was about interoperability among rollups, but you know that was the topic of the panel. But also, it of course had you know the rollup teams talking about what they want to talk about. So it was a fun yes. panel in which we discussed everything rollup, some spice of interoperability. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> the, the layer two wars have. We've been talking about the layer two wars heating up for like 18 months now, and now other people are also starting to say that. So now you know it's really getting spicy these days. You guys always have it first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is stylus because I kind of get it. And I think it's a very big deal. I'm pretty sure it's a very big deal, but I'd like to hear it from you. What is Stylus and why is it such a big deal? Yeah, so Stylus is our, what we call EVM plus. And the idea is that Arbitrum is and will always remain fully EVM compatible or EVM equivalent, you might want to say. 
But then the question we ask ourselves is, can we do more? Can we be more inclusive? Like the EVM is a starting point and a wonderful starting point, but can we make affordances that are you know, more inclusive and are bringing more developers? You know, people always talk about they want the next billion users, and my thesis is to get the next billion users, we need the next million developers. Mm -hmm. And how do we target to those? And like always, our goal is let's move to them rather than asking them to move to us. So what Stylist does is it says, hey, let's add additional language support alongside the EVM, which is why we call it EVM Plus, to Arbitrum. So now you're not in the initial release of Stylus, you know, the sky's the limit, but the initial release, you'll be able to not only uh, write contracts in Solidity or any other EVM language, but you'll be able to write contracts in Rust, C, and C++. And the coolest thing is that you can talk to each other in these contracts, or you can even break your contract up and say, I'm going to write that part in, uh, you know, in, in Solidity and that part in C++ or that part in Rust or use that Rust library. And by doing so, you'll actually get a 10x, besides for the developer experience and all that, you'll get a 10x cost benefit as well. So mm -hmm. uh, really exciting update for us. Okay, so the, the main, the TLDR is that developers know languages. Most developers don't know Solidity, but with Stylus, they can still write smart contracting code using Stylus. Exactly, you know, today it's very much a binary choice. You might right. say, I want to write contracts in Rust and you'll have to go to the chain that supports Rust. Or, sure. I might want to write contracts in Move. Okay, there are you know, one or two chains that support Move. Our goal is to say, no, no, you want to choose the ecosystem you want to be on. The language shouldn't be the determining factor. So you can build an Arbitrum if you want to be an Arbitrum, and you can use, you know, in the long term, whatever language that you want to use. And, and by the way, it's also for Solidity developers as well, because they might say like, hey, I want to use this super you know, cool cryptographic tool, but it's just too expensive in the EVM. Can I create my own pre-compile in Rust and do that, and the answer with Stylus will be yes, you can. So it's bringing in these new developers and giving tools and scalability options to the existing developers. Okay, uh, this might, uh, the answer to this question might get over my head, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. <laughs> Technically, how does that work? Like, no, so how, how does that like, comp compile down to smart contract bytecode? How does that work? Great question. So the key innovation here was, with our launch of Arbitrum Nitro, the way we do our fraud proofs changed. So it used to be we had something called the Arbitrum Virtual Machine. Mm -hmm. which was a custom virtual machine, very similar to the EVM, optimized for proving, and the on-chain proofs were actually running that virtual machine's code. Mm -hmm. with, with Nitro, we got rid of all that, and on-chain we're actually running not our own VM, but WebAssembly, or WASM, which is like the VM of the internet, all the right. web browsers use right. it. So how do we get EVM support? We compile GEF, which is the Go Ethereum node, the, you know, the popular Ethereum node, down to WASM, and what's actually happening on chain is we're not arguing about the EVM directly, we're arguing about the state of GEF on this WebAssembly virtual machine. So the cool thing is, and I'm gonna gloss over the details, but hopefully I'll give you the idea, is you can now say, we're not limited to GEF, anything that can compile down to this underlying machine. So if you have a WASM compiler for your language, and hey, Rust, C, C++, almost every language does, because WASM is a very mature technology, you can now um, you know, with some details, run it on Arbitrum as well. Okay, I actually did follow most of that. So awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, I'm it's, kind of proud of myself on that one. Uh, yeah. the, not too long ago, Arbitrum recently acquired Prismatic, uh, Prismatic Labs. Was that talent acquisition part of this story of Stylus? Um, the Prismatic Labs is, you know, we're integrated very, very well, but fundamentally as a company, we're very committed to continuing L1 development. Mm -hmm. You know, we're doing a ton of work for EIP 4844 and getting that ready. And so their team is, while it's very well integrated and we have a meeting of the minds and we talk mm -hmm. about all ideas, 
both ways. Their team is very focused on L1 priorities. Okay. Um, and we work together again. It's not exclusive. So uh, no, this was not really. Uh, you so know, this was already an effort by Arbitrum prior to all of that. This was into uh, like that would aqua hire, if you will, if that's the right word. That wasn't really about the Silas uh, project. It wasn't about the Silas project, but I, I okay. don't want to actually limit, like definitely like Raul and others on their team have contributed to Stylus. Sure. Like there is that meeting of the minds, but it wasn't like we're acquiring this talent. It was, you know, it was really an acquisition. We sure. wanted to develop Prism, and that's one of our ways that we say, how do we contribute more to the Ethereum community? Having a you know, dedicated funding source for Prism was important sure. to us, but also uh, just the meeting of the minds, right? The conversations that right. happen between these teams is just, uh, incredible. Well, yeah, I remember talking to both uh, Raul and uh, Preston uh, about Silas, and the, the the excitement just exuded from them in uh, in my chats with them. So that was really cool. And they had, you know, it's, they did contribute a lot right. to the ideas behind it as well. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And so, like, the I'm going to put my ETH Maxi hat on. You talked about like there's the move language, there's the Rust language, but now you're saying you can, with Stylus you can bring any language in. Does this kind of just like invalidate the idea of? programming specific blockchain environments, as in like now any developer from any ecosystem can come and build on Arbitrum? Yes, so this basically says any developer from any ecosystem, again, starting with these three additional languages, but it will be more over time, can develop an Arbitrum. And, but the cool thing is, the EVM hell is a, still has a critical role from our security. This is happening on layer two. Mm -hmm. What's securing us is the EVM on layer one. So, you know, it's we're making the user experience better, but the thing that's making this all possible is Ethereum layer one, the EVM contracts we have, and those are still written in EVM. In EVM. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, very, very cool. So like, I remember back in the day, uh, the Wasm, Wasm was on the roadmap for the Ethereum layer one. I think it's since been jettisoned. Is this the layer two of Ethereum starting to adopt some of the innovation that was previously going to be on the layer one, or is that a different story? Yes, there was, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good memory. There was this eWASM project, right. um, which was basically going after a very similar vision that we have, that we have today. Um, for different reasons, that project was abandoned, but to, to the point, I don't believe it was because like people like, you know, didn't want it or right. weren't interested, or just, you know, these things are hard, particularly on layer one, and that's right. one of the things, we have the ability to innovate on layer two in ways that, you know, in a system like Ethereum are more, are more difficult. Um, so this is very much that same vision. It's a bit harder, to be honest, on layer two, because you have to make everything work with the fraud proofs. Sure. Um, so just if you had, you know, layer one node, it's a bit easier. I'm mm -hmm. not saying it's easier to get the consensus around it, but it's easier mm -hmm. to uh, implement. And, you know, one thing which I think is possible with this feature and more generally, I think layer twos can become a sort of innovation grounds for layer one. So if this turns out to be uh, an off-desired feature and a heavily used feature, there's nothing stopping Ethereum from saying, hey, Arbitrum has proved that they're proven that there's a good need for this and a good community. Can we do this on layer one as well? Mm -hmm. That's totally something that that's uh, possible to happen, and um, it wouldn't be a technical challenge; it would be a community consensus challenge. Sure. I want to pivot the conversation a little bit to uh, uh, what I've discovered is like this new meta. I've been using the meta word quite a lot in all all these interviews. This interoperability conference is all about abstraction layers between many many chains. People are getting chain fatigue. Uh, but abstraction layer solves that chain fatigue. And this is something that Optimism is really pushing forward with their super chain. I know ZK Sync has their fractal scaling. Uh, so Optimism has super chain, ZK Sync has fractal scaling. Does Arbitrum have something like this in the same pipeline? Is, are you guys going after that same effort? So let me answer that question in two parts. Sure. Um, yes, we have, and you know, I'll leak some alpha here. We'll probably be announcing the first one in a week or two. We have um, layer three chains that are coming to Arbitrum cool. that will have better interoperability than others. But 
we don't have, we're not branding that as a super chain or, or as an interoperability solution generally. And let me explain why. It's basically you know, what you said in your question. You know, the Optimism team you know, says, hey, here's our super chain. Um, you know, it's, for, it's a way that all OP stack chains can work together and you can mm -hmm. add ZK proofs. It's a nice theory, but there are so many strong builders in this case, in this space. There's us, there's, you know, you mentioned ZK Sync, you mentioned you know, Starkware, Polygon. This is not something that one team can dictate. You know, even Arbitrum, you know, we're in a very strong position. We don't feel like we can dictate that. We have to really get and work together. Because your point is, like, you know, um, Optimism has their super chain. Uh, ZK Sync has their hyper chain, I think they're right. calling it now. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, you know, Star, um, Polygon has, uh, you know, their thing, which Internet is Supernet. Internet and blockchains, yeah. And, you and know, Starkware will definitely let you know that they invented the term like layer three too. The, yes, and, and, and the point is, you know, we, we just end up with the same debate one step further. Right, right. now it's our right. optimism, ZK Sync, and now it's no, it's our interoperability solution, right. your interoperability solution, our, so we're not going to enter that space unilaterally. What I want to do, and you know, I'll, I'm, I've been doing a reach out and I think it's important, is to say, hey, all roll-up teams, let's think about not how we make a super chain of chains that build my technology, how do we make a super chain of chains, or, or whatever the term is, or a hyper chain, or I don't care, I'm agnostic. Chainy chain, chain, chain. <laughs> there you go. How do we make one that integrates all of our technologies? Yeah. And there are some serious technical challenges here, but I think that can't be dictated by one team, um, and, and that's not the approach we're going to go, and I'd encourage others to really sit around the big table, because otherwise we just have the same debate, right. one step up the stack, we're all right. arguing for our interoperability solutions, right. and we haven't really gotten anywhere. Sure. So again, I'm, I feel like I'm about to ask a question that's gonna, the answer's gonna be over my head. Uh -oh. <laughs> how do all of these layer two chains that have all of their chainy chaininess on top of them, how do those technically all start to talk to each other to talk about that vision you said? So it's, it's a really good question. And, and there are some, you know, a lot of these like super chain things, they brush up over some of the technical details. Like one question is a shared security question. How do we really get shared security if there are different security models? Sure. Does it just evolve to the lowest security if you're sort of sharing a bridge? Mm. Um, there are very hard questions. And, and to be honest, I don't have all the answers, but I think one thing which we can do is to start, you know, it's too early to standardize. You know, half these technologies, are not, they're not even launched yet. Right. Um, but I think we can start saying, how do we build in a way that will make standardization easy in the future? So I think it's really bad. It's a conversation to say, we all want to work together because fundamentally the people that benefit when we work together are the users, and that's the ones we really want to serve. So how do we, you know, put our own brand second and users first and say, hey, I might, you know, think your technology is terrible or I don't like you. You know, it's Ethereum, so we're all a little more friendly mm -hmm. than that. But like, fundamentally, how do we work together? And I think it's, a very technical conversation, and you know, unlike some others, I'm not coming here with an answer. I'm coming here sure. and saying we need to have that conversation. Sure. Uh, Steven, I think this is great. Is there anything else that I have not asked you about yet that uh, is worth talking about? Um, nothing else. You know, we're super excited to keep on building the Arbitrum mm -hmm. ecosystem. I say nothing else, then I start talking. So no, sorry that's about great. That. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> the Arbitrum ecosystem is growing. You know, we're excited about uh, you know, particularly in DeFi, but also NFTs and gaming. Um, we are doing a ton of you know volume and a ton of uh, value coming to the chain, and a ton of teams building on the chain. So for mm -hmm. anyone out there watching, um, come build in the Arbitrum ecosystem. We're excited to have you, and come build in Ethereum. That's the real the real goal here, and we'll find a way whether you're on Arbitrum or not via cross-chain cross consensus to work together and make sure we can all build this future together. Steven, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Cheers.